Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome once again to the Steelers Hangover. What's there to be hungover about? Well, there's always something going on in Steeler Nation, and it seems like a lot of strange news, not anything definitive, but some things happened today in Steeler Nation to talk about, and we're going to talk about the future of the Steelers today as well as we talk about converting that running shame back into a potent running game. But first, I would be remiss if I did not introduce myself, and even more so, my partner, Tony Defio from Behind the Still Curtain. I'm Brian Anthony Davis. Tony, what is going on, man? It is over to hump day for me, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. Uh, it's Monday to you out there in, in Steeler Nation, but to me, it's over to hump day, so I'm pretty excited. How are you, Brian? <laughs> I am doing great. We we had some weird snow today in Maryland again. We had about three inches this morning, and then it was icy. It was it was kind of a mess, but as the day went on, it went so much better. So yeah, we're, get, we're getting there. We're almost at spring. Yeah. So uh, you know what? I'm hoping that uh, I can't wait for another month, and we're looking at spring on the calendar. But it's 2021, and it's uh, it's 2020 when it's a drinking age. So <laughs> 21's old enough to drink. So you know, you're like, ah, oh, here we go. But no, I yeah. mean, all is good. Glad to have everybody here with us. Thank you so much, Steeler Nation in the house. Uh, remember, if you're checking us out, whether it be on Facebook, YouTube, any of our podcast platforms, you are a diehard Black and Gold fan, and we absolutely love you. Thank you so much for being here. So, some news today, Tony. Let's get straight to it. So, of everything that happened today, everything that came out, some of it's speculation, some of it actual news, what do you think was the most significant of the day? Uh, probably Kim Hayward's restructuring. I mean, uh, you know, th that was the first domino to fall, I think, and and, and, and them getting into cap compliance and, and, and it doesn't really affect him personally, but it's good that he stepped up as a team captain and, 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 and did this. And, and, you know, it's just, it's just one move, but it was a big move. You know, actually it is a big move. And that's the one guy that, that you knew they could do it with because they, they signed him to that uh, contract extension last year and it it works in going forward and you expect Hayward to be here for a while anyway so right. i'm not i'm not exactly sure what uh all the implications are but what they're saying right now is that 7 million dollars in cap savings the steelers definitely need that that will help um as uh, Ian Rappaport said that's going to go towards the quarterback situation possibly but his words were that the it, the Ben Roethlisberger situation seems a lot different than it was two weeks ago. So there's uh, a lot of uh, people unsure whether he's going to come back. Then Aditi Kinkabala comes in and says there are certain people in the Steelers organization in that front office that say that they are ready to move on from Ben Roethlisberger. So that saga is definitely going to continue. It's not up to Ben Roethlisberger at this point. It's really up to the Steelers whether they are going to give Ben Roethlisberger an opportunity to come back. When I say an opportunity to come back, an opportunity to say what kind of concessions he's willing to make. But it seems like the Steelers right now 
are holding all the cards, Tony. Am I off base on this? Because it feels that way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they they hold all the cards. I mean, they, if they cut him right now, they save $19 million. If they restructure uh, and extend him into a couple more years, then 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 they would save money, but they wouldn't save $19 million for this year, and, and they would have they would have uh, to kick the can down the road for a few more years. Uh, so yeah, they definitely hold all the cards. Uh, it's just, it's just interesting. And, and, and who, who are the people in, in the, in the bu building who are ready to move on from him? If it's hard the second, then I think that's an easy call. He's gonna, he's gonna strongly encourage Ben to, to move on. Uh, but even, even if it's Tomlin or Colbert, I mean, these are all powerful people in that organization. So if any one of those three are the ones that want to move on from him, then I think Ben's, uh, uh, days might be done. Uh, if it's somebody else, if it's a Matt Canada, uh, then I guess, or, or like may, maybe one of the minority owners, then maybe, you know, Ben will come back. But if it's one of those, if it's one of the big three, then Ben's probably done. Ron Chess says this, and I was thinking about this as well. Um, he said, bad ESPN reporters are never <laughs> right. Rappaport, at the risk of him blocking me on Twitter is usually not right. And the reason I say that blocking me on Twitter, because he blocked our very own Jeff Hartman on Twitter um, a few <laughs> years ago. So good for Jeff, and, that's, a, that's a good block. Yeah, I, I know it. And, and Jeff is, why would you block Jeff? Jeff's cool. You know, I mean, I can and see I'm me. a, yeah, well, you, we talked about the Hartwig thing, and I'm sure a lot of people, we talked about that on my show yesterday. A lot of people would love to talk to you about Hartwig. I have not had, a bad interaction with anybody yet. Um, so gosh, I mean, I, it's a matter of time because I end up ticking somebody off, but mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know what? So in Aditi Kinkabala, she's coming from the NFL network. She usually knows a little bit more, um, but this is, you know, this gets into, oh, there's certain people in the organization and, you know, that could even be speculation that it's just Kevin Colbert from what he said last week. But, right. you know what, we've got to wait on this story. However, if you're wondering about this, Tony, and in your head, what direction do you think it's going in? Uh, God, I mean, when Art, Art II came out a few weeks ago and said that, oh, we're, we're willing, to, we, we want to work with Ben, but we have to, but it's going to take work to bring him back. I was, I was in the boat or the camp of uh, he's coming back. But now that I hear all this stuff and now you keep hearing all these cryptic messages and rumors, I'm starting to lean towards the other way. Not that I want him to go. I want him to come back. Personally, I want him to come back because I think it gives him the best chance to win. But I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, we see another Peyton Manning kind of thing where he doesn't retire, but they move on from him because they just can't financially, they, they can't work anything out, and he plays for another team next year. I got to tell you, I, I'm going to bring up the great boys to men here, and I'm gonna, just going to say it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. And that's the way I feel about this. I'm not ready to say goodbye to Ben yet. Right. But. I'm not holding the, pur the purse strings and I'm not running a business. <clears throat> and so, you know, I, I think this is a bittersweet situation. If the Steelers end up doing it, when I say bittersweet, the only reason it's sweet is because they would have $19 million back in the ca cap and they would be finally looking forward, but it's still going to be hard after 17 years with a, uh, 
with a future Hall of Fame quarterback to say goodbye. But um, so, but there's, I mean, there's still a chance to save money in this situation. Um, So, you know, if they cut him, I mean, now, so there's some confusion in the live chat here on what happens. What happens is, you know, right now against the cap, he's 41 if he plays, 41 million if he plays next year. They're saving about 18 to 19 million dollars. They still have to, they're still owed him in 2021. Um, whether they cut him or not, if he does not play, they're still going to be 21. They, I'm not saying they owe, owe him, but 22 to 23 against the cap, right? So that's you know, you're still not getting away from that 23, but. What you're getting away from, you're getting an extra 19 million, and then you can go ahead and look in other directions. And one of those other directions, Tony, could possibly be the running back position right. as well, because the running back position is a really tough position for the Steelers right now. They've got three guys really on the roster that of significance that, uh, of course, James Conner, and he's not officially on the roster because he's a free agent. A lot of people are pretty certain that they're not bringing James Conner back. He's another guy that it would be so hard to say goodbye to yesterday because he's one of those guys that that I love as well. I mean, right. I I love James Conner. I, I've met him in person. I think he's a fantastic guy. Great story. Um, of course, cancer survivor. I'm one myself. So I... Uh, that's something I talked to him about when I mentioned it to him. And he was he was so caring, asking how I was. And I said, no, I'm I'm fine. But he's such a wonderful human being. But yeah. are they going to bring him back? It just does not seem like they're going to do that. You've got Anthony McFarland Jr. going into his second year. You know he's back. Jalen Samuels. I didn't even mention him as my three, but I'm going to bring him back bring him up. I just, uh, you know, I really don't see him moving the needle for the team and being anything but a, uh, a bit player. And then you have Benny Snell Jr. going into his third season. He'll be back as well, but you're going to need to bring somebody else in, whether it's, you're going to go with a running back committee, something the Steelers don't normally do in the Mike Tomlin era, something they, they don't do, but there are, there are avenues to go with Tony. And so we are going to discuss different avenues here. And in the second half of the show, we're going to take a break in about 10 minutes. But in the second half of the show, we are going to unveil our ideas of what we think they should do. So you're going to want to stick around for that. You're going to want to come back for the second half of the show to hear that. But Tony, let's talk about some of these situations. First, you have the draft. And the draft is coming up on the 28th of April all the way to May 1st. So that'll be three days to uh, end April and begin May. And that is, there are some pretty significant running backs out there. Uh, Number one would be Najee Harris. Is it Najee or is it Najee? Because I know it's spelled N-A-J-E-E. I would think it was Najee, but I haven't really looked into into, into him yet, but I would say Najee. I think he is the most dynamic running back out there. And right. he's he's a guy that, that I would love to see um, on this team. But the problem with taking – Guy Rose saying E. So, uh, Tony, you're right. 
the problem with taking a running back in the first round is like always you can uh, you have other needs on the team do you want to spend it on a running back where you have the opportunity to get a running back a very good running back in the second round remember last year last year Clyde yeah. Edwards Alaire right he went with the he was the first running back to go he went 32 overall the last pick of day 1 and he went to the Kansas City Chiefs then it took a while for the next two to go off the board. And the next two were Jonathan Taylor. I always want to say Jonathan Taylor Thomas from uh, Home Improvement. I knew that would make you smile. Um, but Jonathan Taylor went to the Indianapolis Colts. Very good rookie season. Then the guy, a guy that a lot of people wanted to see in Pittsburgh that are still upset that he's not in Pittsburgh. I'm not one of them because I really like Chase Claypool and I like the Chase Claypool pick. But Chase Claypool, um, J.K. Dobbins goes to the Baltimore Ravens, and Dave Schofield always says this. He said, you know, I always have trouble falling in love with picks before the draft because I don't want to get hooked on a guy, and next thing you know, he's wearing purple. And right. that happened last year with uh, J.K. Dobbins. Right. So then you're looking at the situation where you have some other guys that you can get in the second round. So. Next year, there's some guys that could fall to the second round. You've got Travis Eddian, um, could be a first rounder, could be early in the second round. Um, from Clemson, I I just think that guy is spectacular as well. If he would have come out last year, he uh, there was some people thinking that the Steelers would have been looking at uh, Travis as well. Then there's a guy that uh, I really like, and there's two guys from the University of North Carolina. There's Javante Williams, who averages about seven yards per carry. And there's uh, it, Michael Carter. So, I'm sorry, it took me a while. Um, I always have trouble with Michael's name. So, Michael Carter is the other guy. And he's dynamic, too. Both of them could go in the second or third round, Tony. Have you uh, – what, what are your thoughts so far? Do you think that the Steelers should reach for a running – and I don't want to say reach – should um, pick a running back in the first three rounds? And if so, where in the first three rounds? Well, uh, not certainly not in the first round. I mean, um, I think you, you can get a really good running back in the second or third round. I think the second round, and I'm not the first to say this, this has been said by the quote-unquote experts, that the second round is kind of like the new first round for running backs. I mean, it's very rare now that you see a running back go in the first round. Last year, uh, Edward Jalaire, he was – the very end of the first round. That's, that's, that's rare. Now you don't see that anymore. Usually they, they go in a second and third and you can pick up a really premium running back in, in those rounds. I mean, JK Dobbins is, is a prime example. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's another one. Le'Veon Bell's an example from, a, from a number of years ago when, when Pittsburgh selected him and, and uh, there were other running backs that, that were productive in, in the NFL that went around the same time that Le'Veon Bell was drafted by the Steelers. So I think, if they're going to go, if they're really looking to upgrade at running back position and and, and they want to do it in the draft, then I think the second round is where you, is where you can start. You don't have to pick one in the first round. It's just not that kind of league anymore. The, the way the way they value running backs is a lot different than when I was a kid. And you can you can, and, and most of the good ones went in the and you know by the fifth or, or the tenth pick. So I, I think I think they can get one in the second round. Yeah, remember. Uh... Marcus Allen goes with like pick number 10 and the Steelers are picking at number 12 and 82 and go with uh, right. 
Walter Abercrombie. So, right. you know, you, you never know. Like, look at all the running backs that went in 1989 and the Steelers had the seventh pick and you had right. Barry Sanders off the board. You had, you had some studs off the board and then, then you get Tim Worley who was supposed to be great and just did right. not pan out. Right. And, and you had another pick that year. You got, had an offensive tackle that year on a draft, a draft day trade when you traded away Mike Merriweather and you got Tom Ricketts um, with Minnesota's pick. I think believe that was at number 24 and that didn't pan out either. I want to bring up Reginald Rivers here, Gainwell from Memphis. That's another guy that I've been noticing and I think Gainwell could really be good as well. So, you know, you have some guys in the first round, excuse me, you have some guys in the early rounds, probably on day two. But there's some people out there saying, look, Najee Harris, if you can get this guy, he is can't miss. I believe Javier said that. Um, and and he, really, he really could be. He really could be a, a can't miss player. Now, I'm thinking more that an offensive tackle might not be going in the first round of the Steelers. And here's why. Here's why I don't think that's going to happen. I think if you go offensive lineman, I think they're going for a center guard combo. Right. Or just a center. So I'm thinking of guys like uh, Landon Dickinson. I'm thinking of uh, Creed Humphrey. So, you know, from Oklahoma. And so, you know, you have those guys that you might be looking at. There's a, there's a kid, I believe the Davis kid from Ohio state, which I think is absolutely fantastic as well. You've got Banner and Shooks right now. And I know, everybody, I know that uh, Banner is not signed to the team and is a free agent. But when you hear Zach Banner come out and say, best exit interview I've ever had, Mike Tomlin told me that they're, that they're, uh, they're rolling with me. You just don't say that. Right. And also, this guy bet on himself last year. He's going to have to bet on himself again. He's probably getting a one-year deal, and they're probably looking at starting both these guys. Banner was a great running, I mean, a run blocker. He was fantastic. And that's one of the things you want to fix. Also, remember, he he graded out very well in college. Sam Darnold was his quarterback, and he only got sacked four times, I believe, Uh when a banner was his uh, chief protector. So, you know, that's something to look at too. So I really think that they're going to be starting those guys. Your guy, they're, they're picking one, but offensive tackle so deep that they're probably going guard. But if Najee Harris is there, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm endorsing this. I'm just saying that's somewhere they're possibly going to go. Right. Then you've got the running back situation that you can get from free agency. All right. You just got some money. You just got some money back. That doesn't put you in the best situation yet. You know, more things are going to happen. I'm going to tell you that we're going to be looking at uh, some money from the the couch cushions. Something else happens. If the Ben Roethlisberger decision goes that way too, um, where he's not back next year, you've got even more money. I don't want to say to play with, but you have some more opportunities. There are some pretty significant free agents out there. 
that you can do very well with. Now, I don't know if you follow this, Tony, but I uh, I do something every single, every other day. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I do something called Free Agent Market Watch. And I put the position in there and I say, running backs the Steelers maybe can't afford. And the reason I do that is because, you know, sometimes you can't win for losing. You know, you we were you and I were talking the other day just on the phone about how you have to put all these these disclaimers out oh, there because yeah. and why is that? Because somebody's always going to rain on your parade and say, Well, you know, I mean, they don't where's the money? Where's this? Right. And I remember I got so mad because every time I said something on a podcast last year, someone said, Where's the money? And I'm like, Well, they might go after I could see them finding a free agent like and I brought up Stefan Wisniewski, and I'm like, you never know. And Eric Ebron is a possibility too. And everyone's like, you're crazy. They don't have money for that. They don't spend money, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? It happened. Right. So, you know what? Look, they find a way to operate, and you never know. But in the in the uh running back article, the probably the number one running back out there is Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. I think he's gonna command a lot of money. Uh, PFF is projecting him at four years, 52 million. So that's about 13 million a year. But if you can get a guy like that, here's a guy that catches the ball out of the backfield. Well, he, uh, he averages 5.5 yards attempt. I think he's the top free agent. People are actually speculating that the Steelers might go after an Aaron Jones. I don't know if they will, but that is a good opportunity, Tony. What would you think about a guy like Jones? I think it'd be great, uh, but the only problem is, I mean, you're talking about paying that guy 13 million a year when you're when you're asking your 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 franchise quarterback to either retire or take a significant pay cut or restructure. So, I mean, if you're going to do that, if you're going to ask Ben to to help you save 19 million, I don't know how you can afford a 13 million dollar running back. That's that's I, I think it'd be great. I just don't know if it would be realistic, but but you never know. I thought that before, and it turned out the opposite. So we'll see. Yeah, it doesn't mean that it's that it's realistic. Um, but that's a guy out there. If you had a, unlimited cash, a guy like Aaron oh, Jones, yeah. you're bringing Absolutely. it. Right. Some other guys to talk about. You've got Philip Lindsay in Denver. I know uh, he did play 14 games last season. He has had some injury problems. Two straight 1,000 yard seasons in the league. You've got Chris Carson out of Seattle. You've got Mike Davis, who is uh, from Carolina, who stepped in really well for Christian McCaffrey. But the problem with a guy like Davis is I believe that he is he is a backup running back. I believe he's an I still think he's a number two. Uh, but Davis did some really nice things. Um, 28 years old, 5'9, 221 pounds. He had 652 yards rushing last year after McCaffrey went down. Another guy I like is Kenyon Drake. Uh, there's there's other ones, too, that we could talk about. And the one out there that we definitely could talk about is James Conner. What are your ultimate thoughts? Is there any possibility that a guy like James Conner will be back next year? Oh, I think there's a possibility. Um because I think you know they're they're going to concentrate on trying to fix the line. I think if you fi- if you fix the line and maybe change your offensive philosophy with Matt Canada, maybe focus on a run a little bit more. Maybe you can you, you can improve that way. But but I think you know it, it, it's it's it, James Conner is one of those guys that 
you know, he's going to be looking for a second contract, but you're not, you, you can get him at a much cheaper price than you could at Chris Carson or, 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 or a uh, Aaron Jones, you know, so somebody like not just necessarily James Conner, but somebody like that, somebody who's maybe kind of looking to become the man on, on, on a different team, you know, like, like with, like they tried with Darius green and Mike Mitchell and those kind of free agents, Steven Nelson, somebody who, who was ready to maybe take that next leap or that next uh, step, but uh, you can get him maybe for a cheaper deal than you would uh, a, a, a more valuable free agent like an Aaron Jones. And I've got one that I'm thinking of specifically, Tony, and we are going to talk about him when we come back. So, Tony, I know you have some specific ideas, too, whether it be in the draft, whether it be free agent, whether it be keeping a guy right from this team. So you're not going to want to miss this. Stick around after the break. We'll be right back. And if you're on YouTube, Facebook, just stick right here. We're going to take a 10-second break. If you're checking us out on any of our family of podcasts, just go ahead over and download number two. It's Just click on it. It's that simple. And then you could check out who we think the Steelers need to look at for their starting running back in 2021. And we'll do it right after this on the Steeler Hangover. <laughs> 